0: Here comes Schofield! Oh! Yes, it is. Wait a second. Driving left, Duncan right, over love. All right. You can do it. The penetration taken away by Hagen. Williams wants it up. Oh! The slam. Jordan bound on a rock attack. Well, I, I do like length. That's what she said. Once Williams draws the double, hesitates.
1: Good
0: morning, afternoon, evening, brunch time, lunch time, beautiful weather week in Knoxville, Tennessee time, except for that rainstorm time. But that's okay because April showers bring May Flowers time. NCAA Portal Time? Why not? We'll go with Portal Time. Whatever time of day it is, it's the right time for the GoValls 24-7 Podcast West Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio here on a Thursday night. I'm gonna drop this for you on a Friday afternoon, most likely. And why are we dropping to you, dropping this to you on a Friday afternoon, not a Friday morning? Because this is a Hoops podcast, if you couldn't tell by the intro. And that means that we're actually going to get this guy, uh, you, you may know him, we're going to get him to actually come back and work right now. Grant Ramey uh, coming to us live from the live as you're listening to this, live as we're talking, but we have different kinds of lives. Bottom line is, Ramey's at the uh, the what are we going to call it? The satellite office, Ramey? Did we decide? Is that 100% yeah. locked in, ironclad? S-
1: satellites. Satellite's the coolest.
0: Yeah, the the Blunt County satellite office of Govals twenty four seven down there in Maryville. What's up, Grant? Again, nothing. Uh,
1: not much. That rain that you're talking about? Uh, not, not a drop of it at my house.
0: Man, I was uh really quickly. I was uh which is weird. Yeah, because we're, we're planning. Um, you know, I. I kind of a nerd about this. I like my yard and the green thumb, got a whole bunch of different gardens and stuff like that here at the house and uh, was planting a couple things. I'd gotten four big spots out to get some uh, a couple of new hydrangea bushes and a yellow rose bush in. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I mean, out of absolutely nowhere, it just starts pouring for about 15, 20 minutes, just nasty. Uh, and it came out of nowhere. And that made it for an interesting day because that was the same day that the uh, the big fire happened, uh, just probably what, two miles from here, I'm guessing. Uh, that big fire that I'm sure y'all saw at the uh, the recycling plant there in uh, in North Knoxville and and Fort Rucker's and Old North Knoxville, which is you can guess old no- you know you can probably guess that North Knoxville and Old North Knoxville probably pretty close together and they are and uh, so that that was were large uh, large puffs just going across the sky, kind of filling up the sky. So that happened and the rainstorm happened out of nowhere and I'm thinking, does that mean it's acid rain? I don't really know. I'm not a scientist, but it was an interesting <laughs> day, Grant. <laughs>
1: Uh, you know, like the Springfield tire Fire, that's what it reminded me of.
0: Yeah, it's like, is that, does that mean that it's, I don't know. I don't know, I'm not really a scientist. I'm going to stick to sports, even though I don't really know that either. So you said not a drop, not a drop in, in Maryville, not a drop.
1: No, it it, uh, it rained really hard at my daughter's school, four miles away, but nothing at my house.
0: Somehow, interesting. That I means you're gonna have to turn the sprinklers on uh, for that lovely right. Bermuda grass there you have there at the house. Uh, but Grant, the reason that we're bringing this to you is obviously we're gonna, you know, Tennessee's good at basketball again, so we're gonna be doing more Tennessee basketball off season podcasts. But Tennessee, Grant, is finding a way to to stay in the news. Uh, this is um, quite a lot of interesting stuff going on here. We kind of thought going into this off season that that there would be some player movement. Uh, you know, it ended up being almost some coach movement, which would have changed the entire thing. Um, but we figured there was going to be just a little bit of player movement. Uh, and there has been. Tennessee has gotten someone into the portal. Uh, it's not the guy that I would have picked first uh, to go in the portal, but it's a guy who I probably would have picked second to go in there. And that's uh, sophomore forward Derek Walker. Uh, he's a guy who's played some, uh, didn't play as much as a sophomore as he did as a freshman, but. Um, I guess he and Rick Barnes got together after the off season, and the six foot eight big man is going to go for for greener pastures for him. I guess.
1: Yeah, and, and he's had his chances. He's he's flashed a little bit, uh, but it's just, I mean, when when a season ends, you can kind of go down the box score and look at points, look at minutes, uh, look at percentages. You can tell who the candidates are uh, for these transfers, and, and you know it's likely going to fact, uh, roster just because of the, the numbers in college basketball and how much it grows every single year. Uh, because there's so many numbers in football and basketball, and it just keeps going up. So you know it's probably going to affect uh, the, the roster that you, you cover and you look at, and, and it was only a matter of time, Rick said, during that uh, April 16th press conference that he, uh, didn't expect any roster move, but, but uh, obviously it's, it's fluid stuff. And, uh, you know, Derek had, this uh, two years ago, I think he was five for five that game. And, and he's had some games where he had seven or eight rebounds, something like that. And he's kind of shown that potential, uh, but it doesn't work out. And, and, and when it doesn't fit, Rick is going to tell you that it doesn't fit. Uh, if he thinks that's the best thing for both parties, I, I do think this was a little bit mutual, uh, a little bit on both sides. So uh, hopefully uh, Derek finds a, finds a new home, gets a fresh start, and lands on his feet. I'm sure he will, uh, given his size and uh, kind of his ability and, and what people might think they can get out of him. Uh, and we'll see what Tennessee does with the, the open spot.
0: Yeah, it's funny. I'll probably give y'all a little bit of inside baseball here, but but this is how it's so weird that that we ha- we have a work text thread that we stay on pretty much all the time. You know, we also have a Slack for the communication with the office, but we're kind of in, in communication pretty much from the time we get up to the time we go to bed. Uh, it's kind of pathetic, actually, about you know Tennessee sports and where things are. Hey, did you hear this? Hey, did you hear that? Uh, and and the funny part about it is, right before we recorded this podcast, we were recording the test. And uh, I'd been reporting a little bit about this. Grant, you've been reporting a lot on it. And uh, I said, hey, just to make sure, um, I- I've been hearing mutual. You st- you're, you're, you're still hearing that? So, yeah, it's kind of funny that uh, as many things as we've talked about, uh, we hadn't talked about that. But, yeah, it's, um, I- I'd heard mutual. Obviously, you've heard mutual. So uh, I think this was one of those deals, like you said, where, where Rick had a, had a postseason meeting with the guy, and he said, listen, this is where things are. I don't know if this is working, this is where we're going, this is where you are right now, and uh, maybe this isn't a fit. So so Rick's not really running anybody off, but uh, he's pretty candid about when he thinks something's not working.
1: Yeah, I mean, you can go back to uh, Shimbari Phillips a couple of years ago. Uh, that wasn't working, and I think Shimbari was more productive uh, to that point in his career than than Derek Walker has been through two years uh, and if he doesn't feel like the fits there, if if something if some kind of standards not being met, uh, he's going to invest in you the same exact amount you invest yourself uh, in the program. He's going to mirror that. Uh, and if he doesn't feel like it's there, he's going to he's going to say uh, it's best to move on. I, I, we don't obviously don't know that to be the case or not. Uh, it's just based on, you know, kind of the, the gossip and what you hear this time of year. Uh, but, but hopefully it's, it's for the best for both parties and, uh, we'll see what happens. Hopefully Derek, Derek lands on his feet, but yeah, that's, that's a head coach, uh, as everybody learned during that press conference where he mentioned the buyout and UCLA and all that stuff. Uh, he's going to say what he means or he's going to say what he feels, whatever. There's not a, there's not a big, uh, filter between his brain and his mouth. So uh, that can be good. I mean, it's, it's brutal honesty that can only help you.
0: Yeah, I don't have a problem with that, and, and some people might, but I was kind of raised in a household that, 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 that that's the kind of language I speak, so I, I can understand that very, very easily. And, and I think what's interesting about Walker, there's a couple things that interest me. One is, you know, he was the guy they were so high on when they got him, and, and even those first few months he was on campus as a freshman, you know, you heard about how much he was communicating defensively. You know, we heard this guy might end up being a starter as, as a true freshman. There was just a lot of buzz about him, at least from the from the people I to spoke with the first few months he was on campus. So I kind of expected that that he would kind of have a, a pretty good sophomore season. I thought he would kind of turn the corner and I thought he would really kind of go out there and do some things and then the season starts and it's just you hear less and less about Derek Walker and then you go look up and there's a couple of games where he's not playing any minutes at all and I, I just would not have expected that going into it so that part interests me and the second part is, to me, it looks for all the world like this would be a good time for Derek Walker to hang around because Tennessee's getting ready to, to have a vacancy at the five spot, you know, because Kyle Alexander's a senior. He can't come back. And, and so, you know, and, and if Grant Williams ends up staying in the draft, that's both front court spots right there gone. And, and you're going to have to kind of fill that. So, to me, it, it, this has to be mutual because from where I'm sitting right now, um, I think if both sides, if either side really wanted to make it work, I think they could because there's wide open – you know, path there for playing time. It seems like, and unless I'm missing something,
1: no, you're right. And I think part of the problem for uh, Derek the last couple of years is he played behind Grant Williams, and Grant Williams uh, was a generational talent uh, for Tennessee the last uh, three seasons. Uh, that's that's a problem. Uh, Kyle Alexander, he took up a ton of minutes himself uh, with what he did at the five. Uh, and yeah, you're right. You look at the you look at the roster moving forward uh grant could be there grant could be gone uh if he's gone that's obviously a huge huge void to fill um obviously kyle's gone his his he was a senior his his uh eligibility has been exhausted that's a big hole to fill is it dj burns is it somebody else would it have been Derek walker uh maybe but it just wasn't there i mean uh, when you average what what do you average this year 0.8 points per game and yep. Uh, 1.1 rebound. He played like 5.3 minutes per game, something like that. Uh, if if you have potential, uh, you're going to do more than that, even if you're playing behind Grant Williams and, and somebody like Kyle Alexander. Because Tennessee had depth. Uh, obviously, the last couple of seasons they had numbers, but they didn't have the best competitive depth yep. uh, in the country in terms of people coming off the bench, like Derek Walker, uh, and the team not skipping a beat. Sometimes when they went to the bench, obviously. Uh, there were struggles there, but uh, yeah, if if either side wanted it to work, you would you would like you said you would think he would still be there trying to make it work. But uh, here they sit with with him in the portal and uh, all but gone, depending on you know where he's where he lands.
0: And it again goes to show how much you you can't really take just for granted, or or you can't just assume that because coaches think one thing going into let's say the first couple months of players there because I've seen a, you know, the first summer that a player enrolls, whether it's football, basketball, baseball, sometimes you'll hear the coaches go, oh, man, this kid's going to be good. This kid's going to be really good. And then it turns out that a few months later they're thinking, oh, God, I, I might have been wrong about that. And then you also see instances where a guy emerges or, or a guy shows up and you go, man, I don't think that guy's any good at all. And, and then a few months later you go, hey, wait a minute, this is actually a player now. It doesn't happen a lot, but it does happen. And, and it goes to show you that these coaches – You know They break down all the film in the world. They have forgotten more about their sports than most of us will ever know, Um, but that sometimes you think something's going to happen and it just doesn't happen, and and that is just the way it goes because there's no way to get 100% of these evals right, and something with Derek Walker they thought they had uh, even the first few months he was there, and then it ended up being... It just wasn't the case. Maybe he there was something that he didn't turn the corner. Maybe it was that they thought he could develop more offensively. Maybe they thought he needed to work harder in practice. I don't know what it was exactly. I have suspicions. But the bottom line is, I mean, I, I heard a lot of good things about this kid his first year on campus, and then it just something just changed in, in this offseason, it felt like.
1: Yeah, and, and sometimes, yeah, you're right. As it, As it progresses, as time goes by, you can kind of tell what fits and what doesn't fit. Uh, and over, over the last couple of years, honestly, I've kept an eye on Jalen Johnson, kind of trying to decide if he's going to stick around, if he's going to leave based on just based on numbers and, and the opportunities he gets and, and the, the stats he's put up. Uh, Zach Kent's obviously the same situation, uh, wondering what he can do after two years. We haven't seen him since basically the preseason uh, of his freshman year. So that was, what, November 2017. So it's been a while. And, and you kind of have these guys in mind. Uh, as you watch their careers play out, are they going to stick around? or Are they going to leave? Because obviously, uh, it's becoming such a popular move. If if you're not getting your minutes, if it doesn't feel like it's a good fit, uh, just throw your name in the portal and, and go see what's next. And uh, I mean, every you know, North Carolina is grabbing kids from William and Mary, and Kentucky's getting the kid from Bucknell, and uh, it's just kind of all over the place. So I, I don't think it speaks poorly uh to Derek Walker or to anybody else that's in that kind of situation uh if it doesn't fit you 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 have a limited time a very limited time a very brief window in college basketball to prove yourself uh to show what you can do uh for whatever the next level is in your basketball career so uh, go out there and find it and, and hopefully it works out for him
0: yeah, and I'll, I'll be, I think I should touch on that too because I, I, I'm i glad you said that because I, I, I think highly of Derek Walker. Uh, I think he could be a nice player. Uh, I've enjoyed every encounter I've had with him. Uh, I'll be honest with you. There were times where when we had those open locker room settings, I would go talk to Derek Walker because I knew that whether it was good, bad, indifferent, whatever it was, I knew Derek Walker would give me a straight answer. I knew that he would tell me because right. he's a smart kid. He knows the game of basketball, and he's you know he's always a really good defensive communicator. There's a lot of strengths to his game, so he can go there and he can kind of break down the way things go sometimes. And and sometimes when all the camera crews are sitting there, two seconds or two or two inches away from you know Admiral's face and Grant's face and Kyle's and Jordan's, I just kind of wander over there and and talk to Derek because it was easier to and because I knew I could get good stuff. So I mean that that's. That's what I think of Derek Walker. I think he's a guy who uh, I respect uh, his ability. I respect um, his knowledge of the game, and I think he's a guy who, who could go and do something somewhere. Uh, but this is leaving a big hole uh, in Tennessee's roster, and we'll get to that in a second. Um, but the one thing that I really wanted to mention too is that it, you mentioned the thing about the, the small windows here, and, and I think what's funny is Jalen Johnson is doing something that probably 20 years ago or even 10 years ago was the norm. But because we keep looking at it like, man, why is that kid still here? Man, what a good character kid he is. Man, I mean, it's like we're like anointing him because he's doing the thing that everybody used to do years ago, which was kind of, you know, not be patient necessarily, but, but, but wait your turn, get your reps in, practice hard, and then when you're ready, go step up and do something. And, and so this is what people used to do all the time. And, and now it happens so infrequently that Jalen Johnson's doing it, and we almost wonder, like, what's he doing? wow you know it just it, it's funny how things change
1: yeah and it, it's like when you look at it it's like there's a there's a point of no return or something like okay he's been here two years he's starting his third year uh if he's going to transfer it feels like he already would have done it by now uh and you're right when you're talking about you know a, a generation ago or whatever uh, i mean t martin uh sat on the bench for three years and never would have happen right, happened
0: now never what happened.
1: Right, never, never, known I mean, just look at the the transfer quarterback market now uh, in college football. Not only quarterbacks, every position, just like basketball, uh, but they're they're sat T as like a career backup basically for three years, uh, and then Peyton leaves, and, and everybody knows what T Martin does, and, and the rest is history. But yeah, Jalen's a he's a guy that stuck it out, and, and if he's not gone by now, I, I don't think he's ever leaving. And and he was a guy too that was. Kind of stuck behind Admiral and couldn't get a ton of minutes because of what Admiral did on the wing. So, yeah, him moving uh, here, from the
0: four to three really threw a wrench into Johnson's. Right,
1: right. And, and here's a big opportunity for Jalen uh, and Eve Ponds too to do something. And uh, you would imagine if, if there was any more roster turnover at this point, uh, they would be gone by now, or it would have been, you know, it would have been out there like Derek Walker's out there.
0: Yeah, and, and we should mention now that that this leaves, and we we got to segue into this because th- this is the topic now. It's like, hey, Derek Walker. You know, thanks for what you did. You helped bring Tennessee basketball back. Good job. But uh, he's going to be gone now most likely. So uh, not that the portal always indicates a point of no return. Sometimes things work out differently than you expect, but I think we can guess that he's probably going to stick with it and go. So you look at it now and you go, wow, that takes a a big hole that was already there in the post and just kind of you can drive a truck through it now. Um, th- that's a space where Tennessee, not just of what the guys they got coming in, because we all know – the upside of uh, Knoxville Beard in high school standout uh, Drew Pember, we know, we know. At least I do. I'm not going to speak for you, Grant, but I, I can see the upside in that kid coming out of his ears. Um, but I think he's going to need some time to season. I think he's going to need some time to get bigger, stronger, all those things. I don't know. I mean, they threw Kyle Alexander out there as a freshman, so maybe Pember they would do the same thing. And although it's hard for me to believe that because of the stakes they're playing for now. But when you look at it, that leaves a big. Big big hole in the front court, and now all of a sudden, hey, that transfer portal that that swings both ways. So, who's out there potentially, and where might Tennessee go? Because I got to tell you, Grant, I think they got to add somebody.
1: Yeah, they got to add somebody, and and you kind of really don't know until something happens. Happens in terms of just kind of how on how much traction they have with a player or not. I think once these players go through the recruitment process, and they're kind of done with it. Uh, once they get to the transfer process, uh, it's more like you just hear about it when they commit to another school. So uh, there could be stuff going on behind the scenes uh, that we really don't know about until it happens. Uh, they're going to go after Kerry Blackshear, the Virginia Tech big man, but the problem is everybody in the country is going to be going after him. Yep. Uh, the The Kentuckys, the, uh, the Blue Blood programs, Uh, want that kid because he's a missing piece for a lot of kids with what he can do uh, down low how talented he is and he's entering the nba draft so he could uh this could all be a you know all for not kind of recruitment for everybody in the country he's the hot name right now right he is and and there's uh one guy that we we mentioned on the board at arizona state uh he's serbian Uh, i'll I'll attempt to say his name but i'll probably uh butcher it euros Plavsic, he's a seven-footer. Plavsic, probably, yeah, something like that. Listed at 7'1", 240. Uh, He was a redshirt kid at Arizona State last year. Uh, Yeah, he's a big dude, and he has a couple of Tennessee connections. Uh, He came from Serbia and ended up in Chattanooga at Hamilton Heights Christian Academy for a year. Uh, He was committed to Cleveland State because uh, another Serbian, Drazen Slovaric, was there at Cleveland State on staff. Drazen went to Arizona State, he was on staff there, uh, Euros followed him, uh, and Drazen just happens to be, he was let go to Arizona State after that first year, he just happens to be a former GA for Rick Barnes uh, during the first two years at Tennessee. Uh, so that's a, that's a lot of connections uh, if you're trying to connect the dots and try to figure out somebody and in, in just kind of his build and how he fits the mold, uh, he would be a pretty good uh, option if they went down that route because they need a rim protector kind of anchor their defense uh, i think they would need a waiver uh, if they went down that road to try to get him eligible immediately even though he did sit out as a red shirt at arizona state last year uh and then this weekend they they have a, a three-star 2019 kid finish uh olivier nakamhua i think is how you say his name i have no idea honestly uh he's a six 210 you're so cold cult- you're so cultured you know? I know, I know we don't have, we don't have a ton of Finnish and Serbian names to pronounce in uh, Blount County, believe it or not. But this kid's out of uh, Cumberland, Maryland, Bishop Walsh School. Uh, he's not ranked very highly, uh, but he is a body that would help them uh, at least depth wise in the post given kind of what the depth uh, questions are there. And then there's a ton of other uh, portal transfer names. If you go down the list, I mean, the, the kid out of Nevada, I don't think he has a home yet. Jordan Brown, he's a former five-star. Uh, he's a yeah, 6'10", he's, power he's a, forward. he's a talented guy. Right, you can go down the list. Uh, Oregon, Miles, Nor- Miles Norris, he's a 6'10", 190 guy. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of big bodies that's just trying to figure out uh, which ones they might have interest in and which ones they might try to get to town.
0: Yeah, because c- we know, I mean, we're, we're just kind of putting two and two together on this because you start looking what this portal thing comes down to more often than not. It's just like in recruiting, where's the connection? Because sometimes you'll get a situation where someone cold calls somebody and they find interest because they see their name in the portal – and then you know, uh, you know, it's kind of like man meets woman, they get married, it's all good. But a lot of times they're set up by somebody. There's a connection. There's somebody either from the recruiting process, somebody from their hometown, home area, home country. If it's a foreign country, there, basketball is a global game, um, but it also feels like its own little community. And that a lot of these people they all know each other. So there's a connection somewhere, and that's usually what it comes down to. And, and that's what's interesting to me about the kid, the the seven one kid out of uh, Arizona State, is that there is there are connections there. So. So that's one that to keep an eye on certainly, uh, but there are others because you look at it right now. I think Tennessee can't just put their hands in in one pie because they they're gonna have to get somebody because Pember. I, listen, I, I think a lot of the kid's potential, uh, and maybe he blows up this summer and gets bigger. Garrett Maidenwald does his trick, and boom, there he is. Um, but I, I think that's going to be a process with him, and, and so now that you're all of a sudden you're counting on. You know, you need Fulkerson to really stay healthy, have a great off season. You, you need uh, guys like Kent and Burns to, to come on and get ready. Uh, Burns is certainly a high upside kid there. So um, it's not like it's a hopeless situation at all. But let's be honest. Uh, Tennessee's coaching staff is being paid now to where uh, you can't fall off completely. You got to be there. You got to be in there. And, and I think that that they're going to have to be in there. And to do that, they're going to have to get at least one, if not two, transfers. Because we don't know what's going to happen with the guys in the draft. So Tennessee's got to have, I would think, at least li- at like anywhere between like six, seven guys. They're probably looking at right now.
1: Just a oh guess. yeah, I mean. It- and and, the, and that's not uh, – I don't think they're done in the 2019 class uh, with prep prospects either. I mean, the, the, the Finnish kid we mentioned, uh, he'll be on an official visit uh, this weekend. Uh, they have uh, Jalen Cohn, a, a 2019 point guard. Actually, he's a 2020 uh, who's probably going to end up reclassifying to 2019. He's a really highly rated point guard, one of the better point guards uh, in his class. And tennessee has been on him for a couple of years, he's from North Carolina, which obviously – uh, where Rick Barnes has done well the last few years in recruiting, uh, he could be a guy that it seems like Jordan Bone's going to stay in the draft. Well, he would be a absolutely perfect fit uh, to just step in and kind of take that scholarship spot uh, and come in alongside Josiah Jordan-James and be somebody uh, that could give them minutes uh, and a big opportunity. I think Tennessee was the first team to offer him uh, the reclassification option to 2019, and uh, basically everybody else who has offered him a scholarship followed suit after Tennessee did, so... Uh, They got a lot of, they got a lot of, uh, they got a lot of options here, a lot of stuff going on. Uh, It's just a matter of uh, when these decisions get made and and kind of how you kind of fit the pieces to the puzzle together. And and then, like you mentioned, there's, uh, there's Grant Williams and there's Jordan Bone and, and NBA decisions to be made. So, uh, a lot of moving pieces right now, and I'm glad it's my, not my job to uh, put them all together.
0: Yeah, that's got to be a stressful situation for the staff to to put all that. I mean, that's why they get paid the money they get paid. Part of the reason, but it, it's still fascinating because there are so many, there are so many moving pieces here. There are so many guys who, you know, if this happens, then that happens. Well, if this happens, then that happens, and you know, it's funny you sit there and. You know, it, it, Tennessee's looking at big men, which everybody expected, but they're also looking at a couple of point guards, which means that you know there are, you they're know it because I've talked to him, You know there are Tennessee fans saying, why didn't you take Quez Glover? Why didn't you take Quez Glover? He's the kid who played with Drew Pember at, at Knoxville Beard in high school, uh, and he is going to Florida. And, you know, uh, he was just begging for a Tennessee offer for weeks and months basically, but it didn't come. Florida offered, so he took it. Um, but th- when they're looking at point guards, I mean – that's one that it's going to be so interesting because that kid, I don't know what the upside is, but I know what kind of player he is, and um, you gotta you gotta wonder in the back of your mind that's that that's got the potential to to look tough for them, but that's how recruiting goes.
1: Yeah, I mean they did their homework on him and, and they watched him and, and they loved him as a kid, uh, right? And and I think it worked out well for him because I, if I'm not mistaken, his dad. Uh, I don't know if it was his dad and his mom both, but I think it was his dad was a Florida fan. So uh, that worked out and and he found a landing spot. And it's tough. It's tough for local kids uh, because you want to, uh, you obviously have to evaluate them. You don't want kids leaving your backyard if, if you think there's somebody that would fit well in your program. Uh, but it's also hard because sometimes you evaluate them and, and you think they don't fit. Uh, and if you do, uh, if you do get a local kid and, and you do get to put him on scholarship and, and he doesn't perform, uh, then people can question, well, why'd you waste the scholarship on this kid? And, and that can be a, uh, an awkward, tough situation, uh, for the kid and the school involved. So, uh, you do your best to evaluate them and, uh, you hope you hit on more than you miss, obviously.
0: Yeah. Cause there were a lot of situations now where the kind of guys Tennessee can recruit now, uh, you go back and look at it and it kind of reminds you a little bit of like, you know, what happened with Lofton in Kentucky. That everybody knew the kid was special, but did he fit? You know, could could you know? Because Kentucky was getting guys like Rondo in that class and, and stuff right. like that. So so it's hard to, you know, that's going to happen. Um, but I know that the kid got his hopes up when he saw that Bone was declaring for the draft, and he thought this might be the window. And it just didn't. It just didn't happen. But uh, it's interesting because. Um, that, that's done he's gone you got to find other people now and i know pember wanted to play with his boy too because i mean i think the kid the, the the glover kid basically is at pember's house all the time and and they're, right. they're basically brothers so yeah i mean but but that's how it goes and um the one final point before we talk about these draft invites is you, you talked about tennessee offering a kid and then other people other programs kind of jumping all over him when you look at what tennessee did and some of those evals they had on their current roster and you look at some of the guys they were taking, uh, three-star guys, not very heralded guys, I I imagine now there's going to be times where when Tennessee starts evaluating and offering these guys early, I bet you'll see Tennessee start some domino effects because people are going to look at, well, if Barnes wants him, he probably sees something there Uh, because that's the way it goes in recruiting. It's a copycat kind of situation, and you look at it and you go, well, Obviously, he developed those other guys well, so he sees something here. So I I imagine that Tennessee is going to be one of those places now that if Tennessee gives a kid an early offer, I think you're going to see a lot of people kind of turn their heads and give that kid another look.
1: Yeah, you mentioned a copycat. I mean, just like the the NFL and the NBA are copycat leagues. uh, College basketball is the same thing, especially in recruiting. When you're looking, uh, I can't imagine – I can't begin to imagine the the skill it takes to recruit at a high level – the the competitiveness that comes with recruiting, uh, and just how tough it is. With, uh, I mean, a, a kid's got four different staffs coming in to see him the same night, uh, and you're trying to kind of stand out and separate yourself. I can't imagine uh, trying to trying to be successful in that kind of a competitive a, an environment. That that's in La- that Lanier.
0: In Lanier, helped Rick a lot there.
1: Oh yeah, oh yeah, a ton and and Kim English will help him too and all that yep. stuff. But but still yeah, you you're you're right. As much player development as there's been in Tennessee uh, the last 3 seasons and it's been as much there as anywhere in the country. They're definitely going to offer start offering kids uh, and other people are going to take notice and and probably change the way uh, they they approach those recruitments just based on Uh, Tennessee and and kind of how they're approaching
0: it and I think we we do need to mention because we were talking about this just a second ago um, you know how it's tough to make a decision based on this or based on that well when you've got the kind of moving pieces because in football you know if a guy maybe surprises you and goes to the draft or something happens you're losing one of 85 guys Uh, in basketball you're losing one of 13 guys if something like that happens. So when you have to kind of keep guys, it's like we don't have a spot now, but we're going to keep recruiting him just in case. You know, it's tricky because what if a kid then wants to commit and you have to say, well, no, hold on a little bit here. Give us a sec. we got to work something out. You're walking a tightrope. I mean, it's kind of like tad dancing on a razor blade. I mean, it's just impossible to do. Um, but that's what you got to do. And right now, if you're Tennessee, you've got two guys that are now officially, um, because of the, the way the new NBA combine. Uh, combine invite you know, situation goes and the new NBA rules, uh, Tennessee's got three guys going to the combine. Schofield, Bone, and Williams are all uh, officially invited to the NBA combine. And, and because Williams and Bone were invited, Grant, uh, explain that rule change.
1: Yeah, that's, that's a big deal. Uh, when you get that draft invite, and this is assuming I'm not an idiot and have read everything online correctly, uh, which is a pretty big assumption to make, uh, you can stay in the draft all the way through the completion of the actual draft, uh, and if you're not picked, you have until 5 p.m. the following Monday to let your school know that you're coming back, uh, which is pretty huge. Uh, that, that is a, that's a game changer for somebody like Grant Williams. Uh, he doesn't have to declare one way or the other uh, for sure before the draft. He can go all the way through the process, complete the draft uh, if he doesn't get picked. Uh, he can, uh, 5 p.m. Monday, he can decide if he wants to come back. And and it's huge for Jordan Bone, too, because he hasn't been on mock drafts and everybody's wondering what he wants to do, why he's doing this, why everybody's talking about how he wants to stay in the draft. Uh, Well, maybe this is why, getting that draft combine invite. That's huge. Tennessee has three of them. I think there's only 60-something invites that go out every year. So that says a huge, huge statement. Uh, for the what what Tennessee basketball is right now and how far it's gone.
0: Yeah, and I started wondering because I knew at some point Bone was going to start making a run up the boards uh, and whether that was you know getting you know a, a combine invite or whether that was a couple individual workouts because I think when people see that speed they're gonna that's going to turn their heads a little bit because I, I he's just I think a much better basketball player than he's given credit for and, and but I think this complicates things a lot more for Bone than it does for for Grant Williams because if you're Grant Williams now this makes it like. Well, I should say that the other way around. I mean, I think it right, it, it right, makes right. things yeah, be, because if you're Bone now, you know, I think Bone, we all know he wants to go. And, and that's fine. That's his decision. That's what he wants to do. Uh, that's what the people around him would like him to do. So, he's going to he wants to go through the draft. I think he's pretty in, intent. I've only had one brief conversation with him since then, but I still got the impression that he was all all, all full steam ahead on this. So he can go through and if he gets picked in the second round, whatever. He'll he'll go and he'll go, you know, go work out and try to make the team and all that. But for Grant Williams, you know that you're gonna get picked somewhere. You know there's not gonna be whatever just 60-something picks and, and Grant Williams will not be there. You know that's not gonna happen. So if you're Grant Williams, you still have to make that decision pretty quickly because you know, he, he's not going to go through the entire thing. And he's a guy who, if he came back, he'd be okay with that, I think. So that makes it tough for him because now that speeds up his process because he, he's he got to, you know, if he kind of went through and he got picked in the second round, you know, you might go, ugh, you know, it would have been better just to not get in the thing. And, and I think that complicates it for him.
1: Yeah, and, and surely, uh, I'm sure he'll work out for a number of teams uh, before the combine, I'm sure. Uh, once he gets through the combine, I believe the dates are May fifteenth through the eighteenth, if I'm not mistaken, something along those lines Sounds in right. Chicago. Sounds right. Uh, surely by then he'll have enough feedback for these teams to let him know, you know, hey man, you're a first round pick, stay in the draft, or you're probably uh, at best a very late first round pick, probably more likely a second round pick. Uh, and hopefully he'll have enough feedback to where he can make the best possible decision uh, for him. For for every, everything that's out there and, and what people are talking about, it sounds like he wants a first-round grade uh, for him to stay in it. But you never know until uh, you're there and, 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 and the feedback is what it is. If it's a late first round, uh, it's going to be a big gamble uh, because you could get picked. You only need – obviously you only need one team to believe in you and believe in your upside and potential – uh, or you could slip to the second round, which is obviously uh, not what anybody would want. So non-guaranteed uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah, all that. Right, right, right. It, it changed a lot of things in terms of money, guaranteed money, and and all that stuff. So uh, it's I, I don't I don't envy these guys that have to make these huge uh, career decisions at such a young age. Uh, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, and it almost
0: makes you feel for guys like Williams Moore because I and again I don't want to characterize anything or, or make too many assumptions here, but I get the ex- uh, I've gotten the impression throughout this process that Grant Williams is more okay with coming back than Bone would be. And not that's, that's not to say that Bone would just be mortified if he had to come back. Uh, I think he'd be fine with that. But I think his clear preference is he would like to go. And I think Grant Williams, you even saw it in the way that he talked to people at, at his kind of, you know, potentially quasi farewell presser there when he said, "I'm I'm exploring. And I think he means that. I think he kind of meant exactly what he said. I think he's a guy who – is going to be in a situation where he's—I I don't envy that because you got to make a really tough decision, and there are so many factors that go into that. I—I I, I almost envy guys like Bone who have it very determined in their mind that this is what they're going to do, and you know that—that that, to me that simplifies it a little bit because you can have more conviction in something. Whereas if you're Grant Williams, you're sitting there almost flipping a coin no matter what you do, because I know there's a lot of people in their mock drafts who are moving him up the board and up the board and up the board. Um, but it's not like he's a guaranteed lottery talent. So, you know, that, that that's that's, that, that's a really tough call, I think.
1: Yeah, and, and it's it's hard to have conviction when you're so all over the place. I mean, some people, uh, you look it up and he's as high as number 17 overall uh, in their mock drafts. And you look at other people and he's as low as 38, 45, whatever uh, mid to mid second round to late second round. Uh, so that's another thing that makes it so tough. And, and he's a guy obviously that's invested in this program, this, this whole rebuilding of the Tennessee basketball program. Uh, it's got his face on it. He is the guy, he is the generational talent. He's the guy that, uh, is in the conversation with Bernard King in terms of the honors they've won and, uh, Dale Ellis and all these guys. I mean, he, what he's done the first last three years. He doesn't have to do anything else for Tennessee basketball, uh, but he could still do more and and become a little bit more of a legend. And he could also still improve his game. Obviously, there's room to grow for him uh, because he has all the talent in the world, but he's still a 6'7", 6'8", whatever he is, uh, 245-pound kind of tweener uh, in the NBA. So he's got to kind of improve his his, his game in a few different areas, and it's it's a matter of uh, does he do it. Uh, in college, or does he do it on the fly next year uh, wherever he lands?
0: Yeah, because I think looking at it kind of in context, I've always looked at it like this. I don't think he. I don't think there's ever going to be someone who's maybe better than Bernard King was at Tennessee. Uh, I, I think that's going to be a rarefied error that that's tough. But the thing is, you've also got Ernie Grunfeld in there who is borderline top 10 SEC player of all time, uh, if you talk to some people, and they were both there at the same time. So, but I think anything below at least, you know, at least below Bernard um, and maybe below Grunfeld, maybe not, but, you know, he comes back and he cuts down some nets, then he gets in the conversation with maybe anybody except for Bernard King who's ever played in this program. And that is the kind of thing that some kids it means a lot to, some it doesn't. I think it means something to Grant Williams. Uh, he came to Tennessee to cut down nets. He's told me that since he was a you know chubby freshman at Tennessee. He said, I came here to win championships. Uh, that's what I came here to do. And he's got one of them, but he doesn't have a Final Four bid. And he doesn't have an SEC tournament championship. He doesn't have a national championship. So a lot of the goals that he set out to have at Tennessee are still out there on the table. And I think that does mean something to him. So, and I'm not saying it doesn't mean anything to Bone, but I know it means something to Grant Williams. And so that is something that's just going to weigh on his mind for a long time. And I don't know if there's, I, I again, I'll, I'll say it one more time. I just I don't envy the the decision he's got to make. No, and,
1: and uh, I don't I don't envy Tennessee having to. Uh, kind of sit here and deal with the uh, the back and forth for the next few weeks, trying to decide uh, what's going to happen here. Because if if Grant's back, uh, they'll probably be a top ten team, and if Grant's gone, they'll probably be a fringe top twenty five team. Uh, so there's there's a lot of there's a there's a lot of movement here uh, coming down the line, one way or the other, with with whatever decision gets made.
0: We're agreeing way too much in this podcast. Will you some, will you say something about the Cubs that can irritate me or something? This is. There's not a lot of point-counterpoint uh, going on here.
1: They're the worst, just in general.
0: Yeah, they're not the worst. How about that? Yeah, see, we just disagreed. That's nice. Before we get out of here, Grant, we do need to mention this also. Um, we're not going to spend too much time on it because uh, a lot of people are tired of hearing this, and they say the point's been made. Um, but I would respectfully disagree, only to the extent that I do think this is newsworthy. Uh, the, the Los Angeles Times came out with another report, again, banking heavily. On anonymous sources uh, that that said a lot of those things that Rick Barnes uh, said about that athletic story that Rick Barnes came out and said they were not true. Well, it almost seemed like uh, the UCLA people were doubling down uh, in this story by the beat writer out there um, who who got some things right, got some things wrong during the search for Rick Barnes or search for to replace. Uh, the coach there at UCLA, um, but he he says that, I mean, this is all anonymously sourced, but there's a lot of different sources on this, and they are insisting that Rick Barnes had an offer, he agreed to it, uh, and that UCLA was going to pay the buyout. And that then he came back and Rick Barnes tried to lobby for more money, and they basically said, screw it then, and then he tried to bail out and get the original offer, and they said no, and they'd moved on. So this was, uh, again, anonymously sourced, Grant, but this was some pretty um, pretty – pretty – Pretty going after it kind of stuff here.
1: Yeah, and, and the problem is, Rick, Rick Barnes is going to have his version of the story, uh, and UCLA is going to have its version of the story. Uh, and unless you are in the room getting a firsthand account, you're not really going to know uh, where the truth is. And and honestly, the truth is probably somewhere in between, as it is uh, usually in these cases uh, when one side's saying one thing and one side's saying the other. And and I know Tennessee fans are. Uh, tired of it and it's, it's beating a dead horse at this point. Both sides have moved on, but yeah, it's, it's something that keeps going. I mean, when that kind of story comes out, uh, guys on pardon the interruption, uh, the other day on ESPN in the afternoon.
0: Yeah, that uh, was, that was kind uh, of a one, that was kind of a one-sided take on that deal. I thought,
1: right. And calling it a disaster for Barnes and all this stuff. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I mean, UCLA said what it said. Rick Barnes said, that's an absolute lie. Uh, And the story came out, and this wasn't a story really about Rick Barnes uh, and the failing to get him. It was a story kind of about their coaching search uh, and going after Calipari and going after Jamie Dixon and and landing with Mick Cronin after the Rick Barnes stuff. Uh, And that story also said uh, that Calipari was a legit uh, candidate, which I I don't think that's the truth. I think uh, Calipari does that a lot to to get his money and to get his contract extended and to to live the life that he lives. And, and that's fine. That's, that's great for him to get every dollar he can
0: and to get Kentucky people back to worshiping at his feet.
1: Right. And, but that doesn't make me believe that he would legitimately want the UCLA job, given what he gets at Kentucky. Uh, And and, and this is when when those things come out from uh, the school that's trying to hire a coach is going to leak out stuff. To make that coaching search uh, look good, just because you're a anonymous source doesn't mean obviously you're being honest. Yeah, we uh, it's really hard yeah, as a reporter. We've all uh, been there. Yep. To figure out where the honesty is, who's being honest, and, and trying not to get played here. Uh, but but you know, regardless of what it is, eventually it's going to be water under the bridge, uh, and people are going to move on. Rick Got his new contract at Tennessee. He's getting a ton of money. Uh, he's got the most. Uh, he's got bonus incentives, unlike any other coach in the country, the most bonus money, uh, by far of any other, other coach in the country. So, uh, he, he can make a lot of money doing what he does now and he can make a ton more if he wins. And uh, and if he does win, then this will get forgotten about and everybody will move on.
0: Yeah. The only one that I can think of that maybe we don't know the full story with is coach K because it's a private school. But I mean, other than that, it, it, it's, um, it's interesting because I've also heard people tell me that Shashevsky's that money is a lot more even than sort of some of the reports that are out there. So, um, but it's funny because we all have kind of a, um, you know, we've all got our kind of conspiracy theory friends. You know, they're, they're people that you, you know, maybe they're friends growing up or they're friends from college. Uh, and even us doing this, because, you know, there's friends that I have that I can sit there and tell them, no, this is exactly what's happening. And they'll say, no, it's not. And they've got their sort of Alex Jones conspiracy thing going on. And uh, I had a friend who told me that that he's convinced, he is absolutely convinced that Rick Barnes came out so candidly in that press conference uh, because they thought if he admitted to doing something that didn't sound great, that would make it, you know, people wouldn't believe it Then when UCLA came out and said what really happened. And, and so, you know, they're kind of like, oh, I did this, but I didn't do all these other things. And so when it comes out, you're like, hey, he's already admitted to doing something that was stupid. Why would he? You know, why, why would he be lying about that? So I have a friend who's doing that, and I've had to sit there and say, I, 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 listen, the truth is probably somewhere in the middle. I very much doubt that that UCLA story from, from the LA Times is 100% accurate. I bet it's partially accurate because uh, I, I trust the reporting there. But, but uh, we've all had those situations where people close to a situation will feed you something but they'll insist that they're off the record uh, because it's sensitive. And that immediately brings up the spidey senses of, wait, is this, why, why, why is this person saying this anonymously? Because if they search you out to tell you, that's different. Because if I go ask somebody and they'll say, okay, I'll give you the answer, but it's off the record, that's one thing. But if somebody is trying to just kind of spoon feed you something and it's really, really juicy and it's anonymous, um, that's when you have to kind of put your antenna up and go, what's going on here? That's just my opinion. I don't have to I don't have to to see uh grant grant did you think my opinion was stupid see he's just being silent right now he's not he won't even talk to me that's a, that's how that's how much he doesn't like it
1: I quit silent protest
0: yeah was that was that really a silent protest or did you, did you just break up there with the internets
1: no no that that was a Skype enforced silent protest
0: yeah but I mean so so you you get what I'm saying though when I say that, that it's that it's you know, it's times when you're sourcing something anonymously if somebody just offers it to you, you got to wonder where it's coming from,
1: I think. Yeah, if it if it seems too good to be true, it's probably too good to be true for a reason.
0: You know, that's the story of the art podcast right there is me trying to give some convoluted explanation for 3 minutes or 2 minutes and then you saying in 5 seconds uh, a much more succinct way to put it. I think that's I'm, probably I'm a
1: I'm a I'm a big talker. I like to use a lot of words, uh very emotional, I like to express a lot of emotion. You emote. Uh all
0: That stuff, uh, I, I did lie, Grant. One more thing, I didn't put this on the outline because I wanted to get your uh, the raw naked response to this. Uh, pals potentially coming to Knoxville, Tennessee. Your thoughts,
1: uh, I'll believe it when I see it. Hey, I've that, been led down this road before. I'll believe it when
0: they I see said it. hey, they went the John Gruden route. Some of these reports they are looking for property in Knoxville,
1: yeah. Well, I got property they can have for free. Uh, and it's in Maryville, Tennessee, yeah. uh, and I'll I'll get the shovel out and I'll help them start digging. <laughs> It'd
0: be funny if the Pals opened in Ramey's front yard. And for those of yes. you who don't know Pals, it's a, a up there in the Upper East Tennessee, the Tri-Cities area. It is a an institution up there. It's kind of a, a fast food restaurant good burgers, fries, uh, good hot dogs, pretty much good everything. And uh, the Tennessee basketball team is a big fan of pals too. Uh, Fulkerson's gotten them down that train. so And I think, you know, Ramey's talked to some of the guys about pals too. And I wonder if this is part of Rick Barnes' contract.
1: Uh, maybe. Uh, he, he got some stuff written in there for private airplanes and all that stuff. Uh, maybe he got stuff written in there for uh, fast food because they have good chili and, and Rick loves chili.
0: He loves chili and hot dogs. And Carolina right. style barbecue and sauce, and they have
1: they have great hot dogs with chili. So let's go.
0: And if they start putting, if they start serving cheerwine in uh, in pals, uh, that's gonna, it's over. That that's going to say, okay, now I know exactly where this is coming from.
1: It's it's over, Vince Carter gift. It's over.
0: <laughs> it's over. You Got anything else, Grant? I got nothing. i then I'll excuse you out of here, and I'll get us out of here. Thanks, buddy. See you, Grant Ramey, ladies and gentlemen, scholar, gentlemen. Actually, probably either one of those things, but that's okay. He's ours, you know. It's like he's flawed, but you know we'll take him. They, they, they come as they come, and and that's how we get Rami. So that's how we're gonna, that's how we're gonna take him. Thanks for listening, guys. As always, uh, we appreciate you listening. We never take it for granted. I know that we make jokes and we say things all the time, but I'm telling you, in all sincerity. We love y'all listening. We love y'all being a part of the website. If you want to keep being a part of the website, you can do that at govalls 247com We got a lot of stuff out there for free people, a lot of people, a lot of stuff out there for for the freeloaders, a lot of stuff out there for even more stuff for our VIP subscribers. Uh, But if you want to do that, you can do that. We encourage you to do that. We got a a good deal right now on uh, 30% off of annual subscriptions, which is really, 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 really good. Really times infinity good. Really, really, really times infinity good. If you want to get us on social media, you can do that also. I'm Wes Rucker 247 on Twitter. Grant Ramey is Grant Ramey on Twitter. Uh, you can get Ryan Callahan at Ryan Callahan 247 on Twitter. And Patrick Brown is P Brown 247 on Twitter. You can also get us right there, uh, all of us, without our uh, personal stuff, just the news, just the facts. You can get that at twitter.com slash govalls247, or you can get that at facebook.com slash govalls24/7. We got a lot of good stuff there and we hope that you uh, we hope that you like it. Go check it out. But the biggest thing we want you to do is go to govalls247.com. 30% off annual subscriptions uh, right now. And if you tell us that you came by the podcast, it will um, it'll actually change nothing. It'll still just be 30% off. But we appreciate you listening. So there is that. Thanks, guys. See y'all next week.